Today I want to talk to you about It's a Wonderful Life. And uh, we do this today as we begin. Would you welcome, we have people today in England, in Latvia, in Sweden, the Netherlands, Utah, Texas, Arkansas, Illinois, Modesto, Oakland. Come on, just put your hands together and welcome your church family. Is that not amazing? How awesome. You know, I've entitled the message this weekend, It's a Wonderful Life. If, how many have seen the movie, It's a Wonderful Life? Well, the movie, if you haven't seen it, it's about a man named George Bailey who lived a life and there was a lot of disappointments because he thought things would be different. And at the end of the story, something terrible happens and, and as he's contemplating this, he actually thinks of suicide. And as he cries out to God, God gives him this special moment where he's able to see that really his life, although it was filled with trials, was really a wonderful life. And as I thought about that, that movie, in fact, I watched it again this weekend uh, because I wanted to just be reminded of the power of that story. It reminded me of another story of a similar thing that happened. Someone that had some disappointments but realized that it really was a wonderful life. And it's actually part of the story of Christmas. So I want to do this. I want to tell that story from Christmas. I want you to stand to your feet. I'm going to read the first part to you, but we're going to all read the last line together. It's a story about... Zachariah and Elizabeth, they intersect. They're part of the Christmas story. An angel shows up and visits this priest. And after many years of not having children, God tells him, you're going to have a son. His name is John the Baptist. And he's going to prepare the way for Jesus, the, the Messiah. And, and what ends up happening is Mary has the same visitation from the same angel saying, you're going to have a son. And his name is Jesus. And, and he goes on to tell him, by the way, your cousin Elizabeth is pregnant, who's not supposed to have a child. So this is all part of the Christmas story. So I want to read it to you, part of it at least. It's found in Luke chapter 8, or chapter 1, verse 8, and it says this. It says, one day Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. By the way, this is Gabriel, the same angel that appears to Mary. The angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son and you are to name him John. For he will be, or he will have, say these next two words with me, great joy. For you will have great joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. For he will be a man with the spirit and the power of Elijah. And then I want everyone to read this with me. And he will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. I want you to close your eyes. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here today. We ask that you would speak to us all. That you would teach us the truths that are found in the story of Christmas. Lord, and many of us, like George Bailey, we may be going through challenges. We may have trials. But Lord, I believe you want to teach us that we can live a wonderful life. Lord, thank you for the wonderful life that we have. In Jesus' name. Can we say this with me? Say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Zachariah, thank you, Chris. Zachariah was a priest. Here's what you need to know. There were over 20,000 priests in the priestly order. 
The particular sect of priests that Zechariah was a part of, there were at least a thousand of those, and when they came together, they served one time or one week twice a year. And when they came together, during that time, they would cast lots. It was literally like the lottery. And it just so happened this, the lot fell upon Zechariah. So really, this moment where he's going to go into the holy place to offer incense and burn that before God as an act of worship for the people... This is literally a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for him. It'll never happen again. This is the one time that he gets to go into the presence of God. Now remember, God has not spoken in the nation of Israel for 400 years. His voice has been silent. The last time he spoke was through the prophet um, Malachi. So God hasn't spoken for 400 years. And now, after 400 years, God appears for the first time He shows up and he speaks to this priest. His name is Zechariah. And what what I found as I read through this story is that I think that as we look at the life of Zechariah and we look at the life of Elizabeth, we're going to see that they, even with their trials and challenges, they really had a wonderful life. And I think there's some truth here because God tells us something in this story that's profound and I want to share it with you. And I want to give you the first bumper sticker, the big idea of the weekend. And if you're to go home with one thing, I want you to go home with this thought. And as I read through this story, here's what I discovered, that a wonderful life can be found in faithfulness. A wonderful life, you'll discover a wonderful life when you're a person who lives a life of faithfulness to God. So I'm going to show you that in the scripture. In fact, it's interesting because if you read a moment ago in Luke chapter 1, here's what it says. It says, Zechariah and Elizabeth um, were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commands and regulations. Let me pause there for a minute. So in other words, what this passage tells us is that when God looked at Zechariah and Elizabeth, when he looked at this family, he saw people who were righteous, that were careful. Now, the word careful to obey is a a Greek word that means faultless. Righteous means in good standing with God. So basically, here's what it's telling us. When God looked at this family, he saw that they were faithful. These were faithful people in the eyes of God. And the Bible says they had no children because Elizabeth wasn't able to conceive, and they were both very old. So here's my thought is, when we look at them, we're going to see that they had a life that was faithful and that, that a wonderful life can be found in the midst of faithfulness. But when God looks at faithfulness, what does he see? It says that in his eyes they were faithful. So what is in the eyes of God faithfulness? How many would like to know what it means to be faithful to God? Because I'm going to tell you something. When you begin to live a life of faithfulness, I believe you're going to discover a wonderful life. How many would like to live a wonderful life? How many like to live a blessed life, right? In fact, how many love to launch into 2019 with a whole other level of God's blessing in your life? Come on, I'm with you. Amen. Amen. So what does it mean to be faithful? Well, let me show you. Number one, write this down if you're taking notes. If those of you joining us online, it's if you want to be faithful, then be faithful to pray. Because a life of faithfulness is a life of prayer. Faithful to pray. Look at what it says in Luke. It says, when the angel shows up and he speaks to him, he says, hey, listen, don't get freaked out because an angel has appeared to you. I know it hasn't happened in many, many years in Israel, 400 years. 
I know this is catching you off guard, but don't be afraid. God has heard your what? Your prayer. And what was the prayer? It was the prayer that, hey, we don't have kids. And we've always wanted to have kids. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son and you will name him John. Now, by this time, he's well over 60 years of age. His wife is well over 60 years of age. How many 60-year-old ladies here are realizing you're probably not going to have any babies? Come on, this is past the age of having children. God shows up, and here's what he said. He said, listen, I want you to know something. God noticed all of those years that you were faithful to pray. Because I want to make a statement. It's this. Faithfulness in prayer touches the heart of God. When you're faithful to continue to pray... You see, faithfulness is being a person of prayer. And I want you to know something. Your prayers are heard by God. Did you know the Bible says even in the book of Revelations, it shows us a picture of of the angels around the throne. And one of those angels or some of those angels are holding bowls of incense, which are the prayers of the saints of God's people. And here's what's interesting. They're in golden bowls. God values your prayers. He remembers your prayers. I've heard all of your prayers, Zechariah. In fact, remember the story when God shows up, an angel appears to Cornelius, and he's going to tell Cornelius that he's going to use Cornelius to bring the gospel to the Gentiles, to everyone that's not a Jew. And here's how the angel begins. He says, listen, Cornelius, God has chosen you because he has heard your prayers and remembered your prayers and your generous giving And it's come up as a memorial before God. The point I want to make is simply this. A wonderful life can be found, and I'll show it to you in a minute, in the midst of faithfulness. But if you want to be someone that's faithful, when God looks for faithfulness, he looks for people who are faithful to pray. Can I tell you, don't quit praying. Don't quit praying. Don't give up on your prayers. The second thing is if you're going to be a faithful person, is not only be faithful to pray, but be faithful to integrity. Faithful to be a person of integrity. Now, you might say, Pastor, where's that in this story that's part of the Christmas story? Well, let me show you. We just read, the angel shows up and says, God heard your prayer. And then he makes an interesting statement. He says, your wife Elizabeth will give you a son. Now, some of you are saying, well, why is that about integrity? What does that have to do with integrity? Well, here's what you need to know about the culture. The days that they lived in, the most important thing in life was to have an heir to pass on your name. You wanted to pass on your name. In fact, as a priest, it was even more important because now he wasn't just passing on his name, but he was carrying on the the prophetic line of the priesthood. But here's what you might not know is that in that culture, divorce was common And here's what the number one reason for divorce was. If your wife couldn't have a child, you would divorce her and find another wife. Now, I know some of the women are like, that's brutal, cutthroat. Now, I'm not saying I agree with it, but I'm telling you that the reason people got divorced, much of it was because the wife couldn't have a child. And so look now what the angel says. God heard your prayers By the way, that wife that you chose to not divorce. You're a man of integrity. You stuck it out. You hung in there. You didn't give up. 
You committed to your vows. You committed to your relationship. In other words, here's what God sees when he sees faithfulness. He sees people who will continue to pray, and he sees people who say stuff like this. You know, in this family, we do the right thing. I can't tell you how many times growing up when I was a kid, I'd do something stupid. Come on, how many have had kids that did something stupid? Come on, how many as a kid did something stupid? How many, how many feel like knucklehead runs in the family? And I've had kids that did stuff. This happened to me, and what would happen, I'd do something dumb. I, we did this with our kids. One of our kids did a, a stupid prank, and, and, and in the process, uh, uh, destroyed some property. And so guess what happened? We didn't just say, well, don't tell anybody and, you know, hopefully they'll just, they'll never know it was you. No. When we found out, we called the parents and made them go over to the parents, apologize to the parents and the person, and then pay for what they had done. Because in this family, you're going to do the right thing. Isn't it interesting that God shows up and brings a miracle in this family? Because this family was not only faithful to pray but this family was faithful to be a family of integrity. Don't give up on your prayers and don't give up on integrity. I mean, we live in a culture where integrity doesn't really matter much anymore. Our word doesn't matter much anymore. Doing the right thing doesn't matter much anymore. But God says, I remembered you because you were faithful to pray and you were faithful to say, I'm going to do the right thing. They were married for over 40-some years by this time. Still didn't have a child. You want to be faithful? And let me just say, it feels good to do the right thing. Come on, I'm preaching better than your amen in today. <laughs> I'm doing the right thing, whether you, right? Amen. Faithful to pray, faithful to integrity. So when God looks for faithfulness, he sees prayer, he sees integrity, and here's the third thing, be faithful to serve. Another thing that struck me in this story that I thought was profound, and we just pass over, we read these stories and we don't even see what's hidden right in front of our eyes, because you'll see faithfulness is a place where God brings a wonderful life. It's interesting because when we read the story in, in Luke chapter um, 1, it says this, it says, one day, Zechariah was what? He was serving God, where? In the, in the temple. For his order was on duty that week. Now watch what it says. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing right next to the incense, what? Can I just stop right there and say, I think it's time that as a, a church, as a people, that we need to make sure that we get back to the altar. Because the miracle happened in God's house next to the altar. Can I just stop for a second and say a lot of people are still struggling in life because they're not in the house of God next to the altar. You want a miracle? Get next to the altar. Come on, somebody. Well, I got, I got life. I got things to do. I'm going to tell you, if you need a miracle, if you need the angel, if you need protection, if you need the grace, if you need transformation, maybe we just need to get back into the house of God and get next to the altar. Come on, somebody say amen. Okay. Keep moving on. Just had to preach a little bit there. God showed up where? Where he was serving. So what's happening? 
Zachariah, for, for those of you that, have, that are, have a little bit of a nacho libre fetish, here we go. He was doing his priestly duties. And as he's doing his priestly duties, suddenly God appears in the middle of his serving. I grew up with this. My parents taught me this. We were, we were in the house of God. We were serving in the house of God. We were volunteering. We were using our gifts. And I got to tell you so many times as I look through the years here at Higher Vision or growing up, it's the people that were faithful Faithful to pray, faithful to be in integrity, but faithful to serve. It seemed like the ones that were faithful to serve, God was always showing up in their situation. And maybe in the new year, as you step into the new year, rather than making a declaration and a resolution that I'm going to lose 10 pounds or a a, a resolution that I'm going to, you know, get that self-help book, maybe you just need to get back to the altar and get involved somewhere serving in the house. Because I'm here to tell you that God will show up in the middle of your serving. Why? Because if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added unto you. Amen. Listen, I'm not trying to promote some ministry or say you got to come do something or we need your help, which by the way, we, we could use you if you... <laughs> I'm not saying it for that reason. I'm saying it because a wonderful life is found in faithfulness to serve because God shows up in the middle of the serving. And sometimes serving is sacrifice. See, it was a sacrifice for Zachariah to serve. He could have quit. God, you you don't even care about us. We don't have kids. How can you let us down? You know, in that culture, the priests taught that people that didn't have kids, that the favor of God was not on their life. And they, they taught that probably it was because of some sin. So people think that there's sin in their life, that there's no favor on their life. But yet, even with all of that, he said, I don't care. I'm going to be faithful. Because I'm going to tell you, there'll always be an excuse to not be faithful. There'll always be an excuse to not serve. You know, the other thing that was a sacrifice, not only did he not have kids, but he, he lived outside of Jerusalem an hour's walk away. He didn't live in the elite, plush, uh, you know, um, surroundings of the priests that were offered in Jerusalem or in Jericho. Instead, he lived, lived out in this small little poor village. And so he had to walk a long way to serve. And sometimes serving is a sacrifice. And I want to tell you, there will always be an excuse to not serve. But I want to tell you something. When you're faithful to serve, God shows up next to the altar in the middle of the serving So it's time for all of us to do our priestly duties. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Faithful to pray, faithful to integrity, faithful to serve. And you ready? Here's the big one. Faithful to believe. It's interesting because in the story, God looks at him and says, I see someone who's faithful, who's righteous. I see someone who's faithful to pray. We went through the list, but you know what he he also saw? He saw a couple that was faithful to believe. We know that because the angel said, listen, you keep praying. God has heard your prayers. All these years, you've kept praying, which means there's a little bit of belief in there if you're praying. Can I just say to you, even though you're going through a trial, even though you're barren, even though you lost your job, even though your, your, your son is wayward or your daughter is wayward, even though you're going through a divorce, keep praying, keep believing, hold on to the promises of God. 
Faith holds on. You know, as I began to think about faith, the Lord gave me this insight because sometimes we think faith is just this daring, bold, I'm going to believe God. But you know, sometimes faith is believing God even when it doesn't happen. Did you know that if you go to the book of Hebrews and it gives us the list of the faith chapter of all the faith um, examples in the Bible, it gives us people like Abraham and it gives us people like Noah, right? And all these people of faith. But then as you read on, look what it says. In there it says, and then it gives you a list of people and it says this. It says, and these people believe God and they never even received the promise while they were still alive. They died waiting for the promise. Sometimes faith Sometimes the example of faith isn't just believing and getting, it's holding on to the promise even when the promise hasn't come. Faith to believe. Dared to believe. In fact, can I just make an observation? I believe this, this angel that appeared to Zechariah, um, he also appeared to Mary. And I want to show you something because there's a truth that's found in what the angel said. If you go back to Luke um, at chapter 1, but we go on to the story where he shows up and he starts speaking to Mary about the child she's going to have, the virgin birth with Jesus and so on. He references Elizabeth and Zechariah. He references them. Look what he says. He says, what's more? He said, you're going to have a child. It's going to be the virgin birth. He's going to be the savior of the world. But not only that, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. Now look what it says. People used to say she was barren, but she conceived a son. Now I'm going to pause right there. You know what's interesting? When you're holding on to a promise, when you're believing for a miracle, people talk about you. And people will say, yeah, she's barren. Must be some secret sin in their life. Something's going on back there. God's judging them. When you dare to believe, when you hold on to a promise and everybody's telling you, you might as well quit. You might as well give up because I, you know, you, you don't deserve this or it's been too long. It's 40 some years. You're in your sixties. You'll never have a child. I'm going to tell you, there will always be people who will talk about your faith, who will challenge your belief. Hold on to the promises of God. Faithfulness holds on to the promises of God. He says, people used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her six months. And he states a fact, for the word of the Lord will never fail. It's almost as if what the angel is saying in the middle of this story, in the middle of this, this uh, encounter with Mary, he looks at her and he says, listen, it's going to be easy to give up on your promises. It's going to be easy to quit believing. It's going to be easy to say God doesn't do that anymore. It's going to be easy to make your excuses or let somebody else's excuses be part of your mindset. But here's what you need to know. God, he remembers his promises. His word doesn't fail. So hold on. Be faithful to believe. Now, I know some of you might be looking at this story, and I know there's some really well-read believers here. And here's what might be going through your mind. Well, Pastor Jared, I like where you're going with this, but when the angel talks to Zachariah and tells him he's going to have a son, doesn't he doubt? And remember, the angel says, because you've doubted, you're going to be mute and deaf until the child is born. And the answer to your question is yes. Because even people of faith have moments of doubt. 
But here's what I believe. I believe that even though people of faith have moments of doubt, that our lifestyle, that our faithfulness, that the way we live and how we act and what we do can speak louder than a moment of weakness. Because when God looked at him, he didn't see a doubter. He saw a believer. Why? Because he showed up to serve. Because he kept praying. You see, when you go through trials or when you're waiting for your miracle and things haven't happened the way you want them to and you're living a a life of frustration like George Bailey, listen, the best way to show your faithfulness is not to get on Instagram and talk about the faithfulness of the Lord only. Maybe it's keep serving, keep showing up to the nine o'clock service, keep doing your devotions, keep praying, keep standing, keep believing and holding on to the promises of God because when God sees you, what does he see? Does he see faithfulness? Faithful to believe. Faithful to believe. So I want to show you another quick insight because this is, when I read this, it was the moment of aha. When I'm preparing a message every week, I usually have, God will give me an insight that I haven't read anywhere through a, a commentary or a book or another sermon. Or, or, and this was that moment for me. Some of you are saying, how, how come they had a, how could they have a wonderful life? How do, what do you mean they had a wonderful life? They had 45 years of no children. Now, at the end, God steps in and blesses them with a child, and he gives them a child. But how do they have, how do you know they had a blessed life? How do you know that they lived a wonderful life? Because I'm going to show you, I believe, Zachariah and Elizabeth's philosophy of living. And here's where it's found. It's found in... And Luke, and guys, before you bring that up, Luke, take that off for a second. What happens is, is that the angel Gabriel shows up to Mary and says, your cousin, she's pregnant six months now. She, a miracle's happened. She was barren. Now she's going to have a child. You're going to have a child. And so, you, you know, so, so, so she decides to go visit her. And the Bible says that when Mary shows up and visits her cousin, And she walks in and gives her a greeting. Now, I don't know what the greetings were like back in in those days. You know, maybe it was old school King James. You know? But maybe it was like today. Maybe it was like Mary walked in the door and said, what's up? I don't know. Probably. I mean, think about it. She hasn't seen her in a long time. Her, 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 her cousin now is pregnant after years and shouldn't even be pregnant. She's pregnant. And the Bible says she comes in. She's like, what's up? Hey. Or, you know, like, come here. Or Miha or Miho. I don't know. Something. <laughs> and when she walks in and says hello, the Bible says that in Elizabeth's stomach, the child begins to flip and is filled with the Holy Spirit. It jumps. It's, a, it's like, I think what was happening is that probably Mary went in and was like, hey, what's up? And, and the, the child was like, just, just my feeling. She's filled with the Holy Spirit. The child, John, is filled with the Holy Spirit. They begin to talk. And when Elizabeth hears that her cousin Mary has the Son of God in her womb. Look at what Mary said, or look what Elizabeth says. Luke. You, first of all, she says, how humble am I that the mother of my Lord would come to me? And then she says, you are what? Come on, you are what? Blessed. 
What does the word blessed mean? It means happy, whole, prosperous, a wonderful life. You are blessed. Why? Because you what? You believed. You were faithful. Listen, you're not going to serve. You're not going to give. You're not going to attend church. You're not going to be faithful if you don't believe in the God in whom you're to be faithful to. Blessed people are blessed because they're faithful, because they believe that the Lord would do what he said. In other words, people who dare to put their faith in God and hold on to his promises, they're people that live a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life when you are faithful to believe. Blessings, prosperous, happy, whole people come. This comes when we're faithful to believe. Even in the difficulty. Even in the trial. Think about it. They lived in a poor community far away from the temple. Ostracized, talked about, having no children, and yet somehow they still lived a wonderful life. Even with trials, because can I tell you that maybe a wonderful life can be found not only in the midst of faithfulness, but in the midst of trials. In fact, there's a a scripture in the Bible. And here's what the scripture says. The scripture says in James, when trials come, count it as an opportunity for great joy. Because the trials, they're going to develop perseverance. And perseverance is going to develop Completion. You're going to become complete, lacking nothing because of the trials, if you're faithful. You know, it reminds me of this idea. I, I like to barbecue. Do we have anybody here that likes to barbecue? And um, I, I like to barbecue, you know, uh, tri-tips or steaks. I, I really like to barbecue chicken. Come on, anybody like chicken on the barbecue, right? But how many know chicken on the barbecue is delicious when it's done well, but how many know it's dangerous when it's not done? Because you can't take it off before it's finished. So you have to leave it in the fire until it's done. Because if you take it off too soon, It's dangerous. But if you let it be completed, it's delicious. Sometimes I see people that are going through trials and I wonder if they're in the midst of their complaining, in the midst of wanting to quit and wanting to give up, but they don't. They're faithful. I wonder if God is up in heaven with his hat on and his apron. He's not done yet. Still a little dangerous. (laughs) But oh, isn't it that beautiful, that moment when we're like, it's ready. 
That's why the Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, so don't get tired of being faithful. Because just at the right time, be not weary in doing good, for in due season, even when you've gone through some fire, understand that God lets you go through the fire because when you go through the trials and when you go through the difficulties, you don't realize that God is completing you. He's preparing you. He's making you delicious. He's making you ready and complete to fulfill what he's called you to do because you will reap a harvest of blessing if you don't give up. Don't give up on God's promises. Be faithful to believe. I want to end with this. I thought to myself, Jared, why did God choose Elizabeth and Zechariah? He could have chose anyone. But why did he choose to bring them a child late in life? Why did he choose to speak to them after 400 years? Israel is in darkness now. What you might not know is in that time, Israel in general had stopped believing, had started to doubt that God was even out there and that he was going to bring the Messiah at all. It was a dark, faithless season for that nation. And yet in the middle of that darkness, in the middle of that trial, being persecuted by the Roman government, God shows up in the, in the midst of the darkness with light and with hope. And he says, I have remembered and I am bringing my Messiah. Your son will prepare the way for him. Why did he choose them? Here's why I believe. Because did you know that Zechariah, his name, means the Lord remembers. And Elizabeth, her name means God of the oath. So when you look at them together, what does it say? The Lord remembers his promise. Why did he choose them? Because he knew that they would be faithful. They would be faithful to who he'd created them to be. And here's what I want to tell you. Don't be dangerous. Be delicious. Let God complete the work in you. And when you go, well, wait a minute, why are the trials here? Why am I going through these difficulties? Maybe it's because God loves you and he's completing you and he's preparing you for what he has for you. So don't give up. Keep serving. Keep praying. Keep doing the right thing and keep believing and standing on his promises. And I'm going to tell you, through your faithfulness, you will find great joy. And it will be a wonderful life.